Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Road to Rank podcast. My name is Dr. Steven Kruger, and I'm here to give you advice for a successful residency match. I'm recording this episode just a few hours shy of the impending ERAS deadline. So I want to say good luck to all the fourth years out there getting ready to submit their residency applications this weekend. I've been talking to a bunch of med students recently in various stages of stress and anxiety, and I totally remember that feeling. You're probably wondering if there's more you should have included, or if you should have described an experience differently if you left any typos after reading the thing a hundred times, but trust yourself and the work you've put into presenting the best version of yourself on paper. Take a deep breath and click submit. The interview invites will roll in. Programs will be interested in meeting the person behind the application. You are worthy of a residency spot. So good luck. Okay, so in today's episode, I'm going to give my top 10 ways to stand out on clinical rotations. First, I have to start with my usual disclaimer, which is that what's contained in this podcast is my advice only, and certainly does not represent an end-all be-all. You should be asking many different people for their opinions on this process, and remember that there are many roads to a successful match, and mine is not the only one. The advice here is definitely geared more towards fourth years on away rotations, but a lot of this is applicable to all med students starting clinical experiences or core clerkships as well. You'll find that this stuff is pretty basic, but I'm spelling it out for you because unfortunately a lot of people just don't quite get it. If you learn the right approach to a clinical rotation now, I guarantee you'll find success in medicine, surgery, pediatrics, psychiatry, etc., as well as your chosen specialty for both home and away rotations. I'd also recommend going back and listening again to the orthopedics episode, because Dr. Modest gave some pretty important pearls during that interview for succeeding on rotations. I should also say, I'm planning a few separate episodes in the future dedicated to letters of recommendation and scheduling specifically for fourth years. So I won't go into too much detail on these topics during this episode, but stay tuned for more to come. Before I get started with the top 10 list, I want to hit on a few logistical points, which namely have to do with VSAS, or the Visiting Student Application Service, which is the portal through which you'll be applying for away rotations. My main piece of advice is to start early. Start looking into VSAS requirements well before March of your third year so that all of your vaccine titers, background checks, N95 mask fitting, etc. are completed by the time the applications open. Winter break is usually a pretty good time to get this stuff done. You know, unfortunately, much of this process is first come, first serve, so you need to stay on top of your checklists and send in your applications or responses to programs as early as possible. You also need to be really careful about how many programs you apply to for each rotation month and how you handle acceptances. 
So I recommend applying to two or three programs per month to ensure that you fill the spot but reduce the chance of having numerous acceptances. Once you've secured an away rotation, immediately withdraw your application to all other programs listed under that month. This helps to avoid having to decline an invitation to rotate somewhere, which can negatively affect your chances of interviewing at that program. To reiterate, I fully believe that declining an away rotation after a program has extended an invitation hurts your chances at that program and potentially others, especially if you decline within 30 days of the start date. Okay, so without further ado, let's get started with the top 10 ways to stand out on clinical rotations. Number one, choose programs wisely. To do this, you need to really think about what you're looking for in your future residency program. How much does location matter to you? Do you want a program that's highly academic and pumping out research papers? Or would you rather one that prides itself more on training high-quality clinicians? Do you know people who have rotated there in the past, and did they enjoy it? For this question, you want to be hearing from actual friends or colleagues that you respect, not just turning to online forums or hearsay. Does the program typically interview rotators? Some programs even offer interviews during the rotation, which I've personally done, and I would say that this method can have pros and cons. Most programs will mention to you during your first day at orientation that doing a rotation there does not guarantee an interview. Don't worry, though. They're saying this to cover themselves. Rest assured that a solid performance does lead to an interview in most cases. Choosing programs carefully will help to ensure that you're making the most of these precious rotation months. A large percentage of applicants end up ranking and matching at a program they rotated at, so make it count. Number two, proper preparation prevents poor performance. This is something my high school football coach used to tell us as we were running sprints on a 90 degree day. He called it the five P's. To be honest, I hated the five P's at the time, but in hindsight, he was absolutely right. You too can use the five P's to make yourself stand out on rotations. When I was a med student, I tried to prepare as much as possible for the next day's patients, either by reading their last clinic note, reviewing their current meds and allergies, or fully understanding the surgery they were having done. Your attending may not always notice you did this, but when they do, it's huge brownie points. I once had an attending who was floored that I read about all his clinic patients prior to starting that day. It's a subtle, quiet way to show that you care about patients and your own learning. I recommend keeping a list of topics or questions that come up throughout your day and reading about one or even a few of them every night. For derm rotators, we don't expect them to know much about the more obscure parts of our specialty, but it sure looks good if they do know these things or somehow show that they've been reading as much as possible. You should also try to fit in one or two hours of studying, either for shelf exams if you're in your core clerkships or a good review book for your future specialty if you're a fourth year. 
And trust me, I fully acknowledge that this can be exhausting, especially at the end of a long day in clinic, on the wards, or in the OR, but I promise this stuff will set you apart. Number three, be helpful. You'll figure out how you can help your team more and more as the rotation goes on. But the point is to be fully aware of what's happening around you and notice when someone is struggling or when you can help to ease a burden. Some millennial med students may feel that SCUT is beneath them, but I would suggest viewing small tasks differently. First of all, the alternative for someone at the bottom of the totem pole is usually just standing there and shadowing, which can be painfully boring. And second of all, you can always make someone's job easier by helping out in small ways. So without being asked, try to grab supplies, write things down for your resident, perform a med rec, schedule appointments, etc. An important flip side to this is not to overstep. Make sure what you are planning to do is truly helpful and obviously not harmful in any way. This tends to be more applicable in the OR, where you are in direct proximity to very sharp objects. In that case, always be aware of your immediate surroundings, don't bump into anything, and don't contaminate the sterile field. You can still be helpful in these situations by doing exactly what's asked of you, but it just may look a little different compared to a day on the wards or in clinic. Number four, be enthusiastic and grateful. Smile, my friends. Show with words and actions that you're happy to be where you are. I read a quote once that said something like, don't over-apologize, but thank someone every chance you get. I think that's great advice, and it's how I've tried to shape my interactions on a daily basis. Think about it. It's hard not to like someone who says thank you all the time. It's easy, though, to get annoyed by someone who says I'm sorry all the time. Be pleasant and polite to support staff, nurses, PCAs, custodians, interpreters, secretaries, schedulers, the program coordinator, who often has a lot more power on a residency selection committee than one might think. Again, this stuff gets noticed, as does the opposite. Some clinical rotations consist mostly of shadowing, which can definitely be exhausting and make it hard to show your skills. But have faith in the fact that your positive attitude will get you noticed for the right reasons. Moving on to number five, the golden rule we all know so well, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Look, I try to focus more on things you should do than things you shouldn't, but here come three nevers that I need you to promise me you'll stick to. Never complain while you're at work, especially to a tired resident. I guarantee your life is not as hard as theirs, and to be honest, it makes you look weak. Never talk about another med student, resident, attending, or any staff member behind their back. If the wrong person hears it, you risk ruining your integrity and reputation. And finally, you should never, ever say anything bad about a patient. Remember, they're the ones in need, even if they have a funny way of showing it. If your resident or attending is frustrated by a patient, or making jokes at a patient's expense, which is completely unprofessional, by the way, but it does happen, 
do not add your own commentary. Okay, now more things you should be doing. Six, read the room. Along the same lines as number five, social awareness is key. Pay close attention to the dynamics involved in any situation you're in, both clinical and personal. I think one big component of social awareness is knowing how and when to ask questions on a rotation. You want to show that you're interested in learning about something, but you have to do it in the right way. So before asking a question of your resident or attending, ask yourself, could I look this up on my own? Is this an appropriate question? And is this the right time to ask it? I was in a carotid endarterectomy once, and the other med student asked the vascular surgeon why he chose vascular surgery as his specialty. He was operating on the patient's carotid artery. I don't know why, but this just made me cringe. Again, you kind of just have to read the room. Number seven, stay humble. It's normal to feel more comfortable with each week that passes on a rotation. But some med students get too comfortable, especially towards the end. This is something Dr. Modest brought up in the orthopedics podcast, where he mentioned a rotator who was swearing like a sailor in the OR, thinking he was one of the gang. Well, guess what? He wasn't. Remember, you're still being evaluated right up to the time you walk out of that rotation. It's important to relax, be yourself, and open up once you're more comfortable, but remember to keep things professional. Along with your own image, don't forget you're representing your med school and all the students that come after you too, so make a great impression. As is true of every step in this process, you do not need to be the loudest, most outspoken student or applicant or dinner guest or interviewee. People can get really turned off when the new person talks too much. Being laid back, genuine, and humble goes farther than anything else, I promise. Don't forget that residents and attendings literally just want to find people they can work all day with and not want to jump out a window. If you haven't figured this out by now, so much of your success on rotations is determined by your ability to get people to like you. I would argue that your clinical knowledge makes up less than 10% of a program's overall impression of you. Okay, maybe more than 10%, but you get my point. It's great if you know the answer to some advanced clinical question that will definitely get noticed, but it's not nearly as important as being able to gel well with others. And number eight goes along the same lines. Build up your fellow rotators. There's another quote I love. A candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. I bring this up, you guys, because this process is competitive by design, and it can be easy to feel intimidated or threatened by other rotators who also want a good grade or an interview. But I'd rather you approach this dynamic differently. You and your fellow rotators are in this together. Be good to each other and build each other up. Share study guides helpful tips, and insider information. When I was on Dermaway rotations, I chose to see other rotators as my friends. Trust me, there are hundreds of other applicants you're competing against. And to be honest, now as a resident, 
I am way more impressed by the person who gives credit to another student or offers to split good cases or whatever than one who's clearly trying to promote themselves. It says a lot about the type of person you are and the type of co-resident you'll become. Most places really do value teamwork and a good attitude. I would argue these are the top priorities at every residency program, or at least the ones worth training at. Let's get back to a more practical tip. Number nine, ace your presentation. This can mean one of two things. Certainly, your main responsibility as a med student is taking an H&P and presenting it clearly to your preceptor. This is a chance to show what you know. It's tempting when you're nervous and new to a rotation to give way too much information. Really try to break this habit and consider what's most important to the patient's case. Do you really need to report every value on their BMP? Some of this comes with experience and clinical knowledge, but do your best to present what's important based on the chief complaint and top few differentials. There's another type of presentation, though. Most dermatology away rotations require you to give a short presentation to some number of residents and attendings, and I assume the same for other specialties as well. You have to knock this presentation out of the park. Leave the program with a lasting impression. If you aren't much of a public speaker, it's time to become one. It's an essential skill to have throughout the rest of your career. Some small pieces of advice for the presentation. Choose an interesting topic with a narrow scope. Ideally, it's case-based and has to do with something you saw during that month. Be concise. If they say 10 minutes, do it in 8. If you do it in 15, I guarantee you're losing your audience. It's definitely harder to take stuff out than to add more text and more slides, but I'm telling you, shorter is better. This may seem silly, but I would always stand up in front of the room to give the presentation. At my program, it's possible to present sitting down at a computer in the back of the conference room, but isn't the whole point of this to be seen and remembered? Try to be energetic, even if it feels a little forced. You don't have to be over the top, but you at least want to keep people awake. And most importantly, practice the thing five or six times, out loud, with a timer, before you have to do it for an audience. I guarantee you'll sound more polished and impressive if you're not reading off the slides. And finally, to wrap this thing up, number 10, carve out time for fun. In the spirit of wellness, I think it's extremely important to make time for yourself and the people who are important to you, even if it's just one day per week. This is how we recharge and sustain ourselves. It makes us better providers and better colleagues. Go out and do things you love that have nothing to do with medicine. As important as it is to squeeze in an extra hour of studying after a long workday, it's equally as important to allow yourself time to have fun. This is especially true on away rotations, where the whole point is to explore the place you'd be training in. And by the way, be prepared for some interesting accommodations on these away rotations. My classmates and I found places on rotatingroom.com, which was made for away rotators, 
but you could also consider Airbnb, an extended stay hotel, or ideally staying with a friend. And that wraps up my top 10 ways to stand out on clinical rotations. To review, choose programs wisely, proper preparation prevents poor performance, be helpful, be enthusiastic and grateful, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all, read the room, stay humble, build up your fellow rotators, ace your presentation, and carve out time for fun. I want to leave you with one final quote, which I first heard as a student in the Healer's Art course founded by Dr. Rachel Remen. It goes something like this, Who you are is as important as what you know. I'm going to repeat it. Who you are is as important as what you know. Remember why you went into this profession and know that you already have within you what it takes to succeed. I wish you all the best of luck on your clinical rotations and hope you found this episode helpful. As always, you can reach out to me at steven at roadtorank.com. I'm always happy to field your questions, feedback about the podcast, or topics you'd like me to discuss. I'd also love it if you could give Road to Rank a five-star rating so that other students can discover the advice within this podcast. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>